welcome to Pleasant Grove Church, where Reverend Dr. Classy M. Preston is the pastor. A place where the Word of God impacts and transforms your life. Let's listen to a power-packed message already in progress. Oh, no, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, mighty men, the PGC, for making the ground easy. Amen. Hallelujah. I will bless the Lord at all times, and his praises shall continually be in my mouth. For this is the day that the Lord has made, and we are already rejoicing and giving praise unto him. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Oh, I thank God for keeping me. I thank and honor my pastor, the Reverend Dr. Classy Preston, for the privilege to stand behind this sacred desk. And I want to talk for just a few moments from the sermonic theme, the right attitude for prayer. Let us pray. Father God, we've sung the songs of Zion, and we've offered up our tithes and offering unto you. And now we come to hear as their word from the Lord. Now hide thy servant behind the cross that thy people will see all of thee and none of me. And let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. The right attitude of prayer. Right the way I am using it means suitable or appropriate. I thought about defining attitude, but the dictionary talked about a mental position with regard to a fact or state, and I thought that might be confusing. So instead, I thought an example might make it a little clearer, and I was tempted to get some actors to help me, but the Lord said, that's too much. <laughs> so I thank God, the Holy Ghost, for keeping me grounded. But I thought I could give you an example with my voice. If you call me up and ask me to do something and I say, sure, whatever you need, that's one response. And if you call me up and ask me to do something and I say, sure, whatever you need. Now, which one of those has attitude? The second one, amen? It is tone, if you will. And I distinctly remember my mother regularly telling me to watch my tone. She was helping me to understand that I needed to be careful not so much what I was saying, but the way I was saying it, the mental attitude, if you will, the mental state about how I was conveying the information. She wanted me to watch my tone. Prayer is a crucial and critical part of our relationship with God. It is our communication with God. I believe the text and this message is there is the right attitude or tone of our communication to God and from God. When we pray, we are saying or communicating with God. There are actual words that we say, but we communicate with more than words. You do know that we communicate with more than words. We communicate by our posture. We communicate with our eyes. 
We communicate by checking our watch. And don't do it. I don't preach too long. Amen. <laughs> I won't preach too long. We communicate in various ways. Currently, I am facilitating the premarital counsel of a couple that I'm going to marry later this year. And one of our sessions was about communication. And if your potential spouse says they want to spend more quality time with you, and you both agree that you're going to set aside some time, maybe on Thursday seems like a good day if you don't sing in the choir, um, on Thursday. And you're going to spend some time together. And you're going to watch a movie together, a movie that y'all picked out together. And you're at the house ready to watch that movie. And this is how you are watching the movie. Besides soon needing a divorce lawyer, you don't have the right attitude about the relationship. Well, sometimes that's exactly how we do God. We don't have the right attitude about the relationship. So I want to help you with that. And the text has some help for us this morning. First, if you're going to have the right attitude with God, you must come to God humbly, acknowledging who he is. In the Matthew text, there is a desperate dad. His son is a lunatic, if you read the King James, or he has seizures, if you read the NIV. And no, I'm not saying that people with seizures are lunatics, so don't go there. But in this case, the son had seizures and a demon was involved. Because it often just cast him, the seizures would just cast him into the water or cast him into the fire. And his father was concerned. You would be concerned if your child had seizures. At least I hope you would be concerned if your child had seizures and it was casting them into the fire and casting them into the water. And he happens, how many of you know he didn't happen, but he happens to be in a crowd and guess who is present but Jesus. Mm. How many know that God had a plan? Do, incidentally, this is just an aside. I'm going to throw this in for free. Do you know that God has a plan and a purpose for your life? And if you will just but walk in it. Oh, that, that's a different sermon, different sermon, different sermon. The father has a son who has a critical need. And he comes in, he is in a crowd. And he comes into contact with Jesus. And the father immediately recognizes who Jesus is. He immediately humbly acknowledges Jesus. How do I know he kneels? Now, I would kneel down, but you know I got old knees from basketball, and I might not be able to get up. So will you just use your Holy Ghost imagination like I kneel down on the, on the floor of the pulpit. I need a cushion when I kneel. Amen. <laughs> but he kneeled down recognizing who God is. And he kneeled down before the Lord to make a request about his son. The father was humbly acknowledging who Christ is. And kneeling in prayer is good if you're able to kneel physically. But even more so kneeling spiritually, humbly acknowledging who God is before you make any request is the right 
attitude of prayer. After all, when you write a letter, uh, oh, oh, that's right, we don't do letters anymore, but back in the day, when you used to write letters, you would start your letter, you just wouldn't start in with something, you would say, dear, so-and-so, right? Or you might say, hi, or something, and now, okay, we don't do letters, so maybe I stick with email. I hope on the email, you don't just jump right in on the email and say something. You still give a greeting of some sort, right? You still acknowledge the person that you're talking to. We need to acknowledge God. If you're going to have the right attitude of prayer, you got to acknowledge who God is. The father wanted help for his son, but he did not come insisting on an audience with Jesus. He didn't come demanding that Jesus heal his son. He didn't come saying, you don't know who I am. You don't know where I work. You don't know who my family is. We, we love to be recognized for who we are, but the father, we don't even know what he did for a living. We don't even know if he had any other children. We don't even know if his wife was still alive. We don't know anything about this father except that he had great respect and honor for who Jesus was. So the first point is, if you're going to have the right attitude of prayer, you got to have the relationship straight. You got to know who Jesus is. You better act like you know up in here. This father was on a mission to get to Jesus and he had the right attitude. He came humbly kneeling before Jesus saying, Lord, have mercy on my son. Oh, if we could just come humbly before God in prayer, humbly acknowledging who he is, humbly recognizing that before the hills and order stood, before the earth received her frame, he was everlasting in his years the same, recognizing that he stepped into nothingness and said, let there be, and there was. You do know that there was nothing and no one who was around before God existed. He stepped into nothingness and created everything. You better have the right tone when you're talking to God. Because just like my mother would not have hesitated to, you know, you can't do that anymore, but she would not have hesitated to go, Whoosh. if I had the wrong tone, and she only had to do it once, because after that, I got it. <laughs> I remember. Um, God may have to, sometime when you don't recognize Hmm. How do you how do you not recognize God? How do you not recognize God when you when you don't have no time for God? You busy. You got a lot of stuff happening. You know you got an important job and you go to your job and you got a family and you got a nice house God gave you and you got some friends and you want to go to the play and, and, and you want to do some other stuff. You got all kinds of things going on and you got no time for God. God, I would pray if I had, well, okay, God, I I'll give you a minute in the car on the way somewhere. I'll give you a few seconds of a grace. Uh, thank you, God. I'll give you five minutes before I fall asleep, and before I can even finish the prayer, I am. If our prayers, if we would give evidence that we recognize 
who God is? Do, do you know who God is? Do you know that he keeps you? Do you know that he sent his son to save you while we were yet sinners? He sent Jesus to die on a cross, his only begotten son. Do you know who God is that he keeps you, that your heart is beating right now because he's allowing it to be regulated, that the blood is running warm in your veins, that I have the activities of my limbs, that I can lift my hands and praise him, and you won't even recognize better watch your tone if we would come humbly before the all wise all powerful God we would be in a good place and have the right attitude for prayer over in Luke the 11th chapter Jesus was praying in a certain place and when he finished one of the disciples said Lord teach us to pray as John taught the disciples and he said unto them when you pray say our father which art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven coming to God with the right attitude is humbly and coming and acknowledging who he is and submitting your will to his will mm, what's that mean it means that God may not answer your prayer the way you want him to answer your prayer. I'm going to help somebody grow up today. Uh, God is in charge. And God will do what God desires to do because he's God all by himself. He doesn't need your agreement. He doesn't need your second. He doesn't need your approval. He is God all by himself. So if you want to come to God with the right attitude, you really ought to say, Lord, just have your way. Lord, just have your way. Lord, whatever you do, it'll be all right. Kind of sounds like a hallelujah anyhow moment to me. Now, it really shouldn't surprise us that a right attitude is important. Because when going to God in prayer, as I said before, didn't our parents require the right attitude when we were talking to them? Amen. So have the right attitude for prayer. Secondly, if you're going to have the right attitude for prayer, we should be specific in making our requests known to God. Be specific when making our request. The father was clear what the problem was and clear he wanted Jesus to have mercy. He wanted Jesus to intervene. He just said, Lord, have mercy on my son. Did you, did, you, did you notice that he didn't even tell, and I'm connecting this one with the prior point, he didn't even tell Jesus what to do. He just said, have mercy on my son. He knew that letting God do what was best was best. Have mercy. Have mercy. Have mercy, have mercy. The father came and kneeled before God, acknowledging who he was, and then he made his specific request known. He told Jesus what he needed. And Jesus is still listening. God is still listening. The old folks used to say, Jesus is on the main line. Tell him what you want. Call him up and tell him what you want. God is still listening. He's waiting for us to come and speak to him in prayer, to come and acknowledge him, to come and cast all our cares upon him, to come and say, hallowed be your name, and then to make 
make our requests known unto God. And we should make our requests known unto God. Now, there's something liberating about speaking what's on your mind, saying what is so. Whatever is going on, if it be sickness or if it be death or if it be sin, tell God about it and make your requests known. Now, if you meet a new person and you want to get to know them better, you spend some time with them and you might reveal a few things about yourself. Not necessarily in the first conversation if you are wise, but because folks are not God. Don't get it twisted. But in spending time with them and in observing them and in watching them, uh, next week the Senate will begin the task of questioning President Biden's Supreme Court nominee, Judge Kentaji Brown Jackson, and they have already met her, and some of them have spent time with her, and some of them have gotten to know a little bit about her so that they can understand who she is. They have looked into her background. No doubt they have a folder thicker than my Bible on everything she has ever done and every ruling she has ever made and everybody she's ever known, and they and to question her about it. We don't even bother to spend five minutes with God to learn anything about God except maybe in Sunday school, and that's only an hour, and in church, and you better be done by an hour and a half, or we are out of here. We don't have any time because we don't really want to get to know God. You know why? Because when we stand next to God, what, what happens? We see how filthy we are. God shines a light upon us, and we say, in, in looking at God and looking at me, there's a problem. There's some changes that I need to make. It's what Isaiah was talking about when, when he came into contact uh, uh, um, uh, with God, and he said, holy, 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 I am a man of unclean lips. When you stand up and spend some time with God, you will recognize just how unclean you are, but I got some good news. God's got the best soap there is. It's called the blood of Jesus. And he will clean you up and make you whiter than snow. God is available to listen, and it's never too early to call. You know I'm an early riser. I'm up most days by 4.30. I know that's early. Um, but I like to be up at 4.30 because it's quiet in my house because Elizabeth and Bill Bell are not up at 4.30. <laughs> it is quiet in the house. Um, and I can talk to the Lord, but I don't, sometimes I want to text people and I have to remember it's 430. Don't send a text. They might have the phone right by the bed and it beep and wake them up. So I, I try not to send texts at 430. I will send you an email at 430, uh, but I try not to send you a text at 430. But the good news is God is not asleep. He is always available. He neither slumbers nor sleep. He is available to talk to you at any time. He can talk to you in the midnight hour. He can talk to you when you're at the hospital. He can talk to you if you're at the jail. He can talk to you if you're going through. He can talk to you when your house is getting foreclosed on. He can talk to you when you're getting evicted from your apartment. He can talk to you when the doctor has said cancer. He can talk to you when there's something scary going on. He can talk to you when you don't know where your children are. God is always available. We just have to make our requests known unto him. 
He is listening. And this man made his request unknown unto God. He had the right attitude of prayer. Now, third, if you're going to have the right attitude of prayer, you must have faith that God can do what you are asking. If you're going to come to God with the right attitude, you must believe he can do what you're asking. You got to have faith. Well, what is faith? What is faith, Reverend Bell? I'm glad you asked. Faith is an unquestioning belief in God. You can't possibly have the right attitude in prayer without faith. In this text, it was not the father who had a lack of faith. He believed, but the disciples and those in the crowd. You did see that part where Jesus said, oh, faithless and perverse generation. You got to watch the crowd. Sometimes everybody in the crowd is not with you. Everybody in the crowd doesn't have faith. Everybody in the crowd won't help you know what you need to do. You better be careful who you hanging out with. You got to be careful who you're hanging out with. The father brought his son to told Jesus he brought his son to the disciples and they could not heal him but you notice the father didn't let that deter him the father still pressed his way to Jesus some of us when the first time God doesn't answer our prayer can I help you out a little bit first time God doesn't answer our prayer we have concluded that he does not care it just wasn't time yet. I tried not to preach this sermon this morning in Sunday school, but it was really hard because oh, it was in my head and it was hard for me to separate that we were in Sunday school, and but I did the best I could with it. So some of them have heard a little bit of this again. <laughs> when you go home, I want you to look at Luke chapter 10 and read from verse 1. For, for the sake of time, I'm just going to pick up at 18. Jesus said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven, but I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy and nothing will harm you. However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Now, Jesus was sending out the disciples. He was sending them out to go do ministry, and he gave them what they needed. They needed some power, and he gave them power and authority, and I got some good news. He has given all of us who have confessed with him as our Lord and Savior some power and authority. So that means you can call out some demons. You have the power, but you got to be careful. He said, don't get it twisted. The power didn't come from you. It's not that you're all of that and a bag of chips. It's all about me. Oh, we get a little power. We get a little power, and we want to exercise our power and tell people we're in charge Keep thinking you're in charge. God will let you know how in charge you are. Jesus was sending out the disciples, and he gave them power to cure diseases and to cast out demons. But he told them, don't think it's all about you. But in this case, if Jesus gave them power and authority, why? Could they not cast out the demon? Yeah. 
Hmm. Later we find out. After Jesus healed the boy, the disciples asked Jesus, why could we not cast it out? And Jesus just made it plain and broke it down. He said, it's because of your unbelief. Ah, said another way, it's because of your lack of faith. Some of you are sitting around wondering, why can I not do anything, God? It's because of your lack of faith. You're not doing like the mighty men of PGC and leaning on the Lord. You have a lack of faith. You don't believe. If you believe, then you would act like you believed. I was in Publix in Wendell last week getting something from the deli and I was waiting patiently for my turn and there were two children who were about yay high and they were there with their mother and they have you know some of these stores they had those little baskets that the children can push and they had the little baskets but these children were pushing the baskets and they were running through the produce department and through the deli, pushing the baskets, and it took all I could say to keep, not your business. <laughs> because I, when I went to the store with my mama, and as a matter of fact, there was somebody else at the deli, and he said, that wouldn't be us. I said, mm-mm, I'd be standing right there. <laughs> Waiting for her to say she was ready to go. Some of y'all are like them little children. You just running through the grocery store, running through life, doing everything and anything, not paying attention to your father, your heavenly father, and the rules and the regulations and the thing he set up to keep you safe. You're busy running. And you know what happened to them children? One of them children banged into something. And he got a little hurt but not serious. And I was not glad he was hurt. That wouldn't be holy. But I was glad he was through running because I thought to myself, if you run into me, I'm going to be on the 11 o'clock news. The judge was in Publix. And I'm trying to keep my day job. Some of y'all are running through life, not paying attention to the rules, not submitting yourself to the right authority. Now, in the case of the children, their mama was not much of an authority because she was, come here, come here, come here. And I thought, I wish I could help you out. Get over here. <laughs> I want to tell y'all that God is not like that mama. God is like my mama. God will say, get over here. Get back in line. Do what I have called you to do. God will knock you off your feet. Sometimes it may be that you got to go to the hospital. Sometimes it may be that you got to lose a job. God will knock you off your feet when you are not coming with the right attitude of prayer. The disciples said, why couldn't we cast it out? He said, because of your unbelief. They didn't have any faith. They lacked faith. And without faith, it's impossible 
to please God. It's impossible to have the right attitude in prayer. You must have faith. You must have faith that God is who he says he is. You must have faith to believe that nothing is impossible for him. You must have faith to believe he can intervene in your situation. He can heal you from any disease. He can provide any job. You do know that he's Jehovah Jireh, the Lord your provider. You do know that he is a healer. You do know that he is a keeper. You do know that he is the great I am. You do know that he is El Shaddai, the almighty God. If God is for you, who can be against you? If I had time, I, I know y'all about, about done, but if I had time, we would look over in Hebrews in chapter 11, and we would see, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Then it goes through a series of what we call the hall of faith. And, and at, at the end of it, it says, these all having obtained a good report, hmm, having obtained a good report. You do that, no, you know, they just got through getting the second quarter, maybe it's third, I'm, I'm missing, the, messing up the year. Alyssa got a good report card and that was good and I was happy. And she generally gets a good report card, don't read nothing into that. Um, <laughs> but there's going to be another accounting you do know there's, there's going to be another grade where you get another final exam. It's going to take place in heaven, and you're going to be called before the throne, and we're going to want to know, are you going to get a good report? And if you get a real bad report, you won't even be there. Oh, help me, somebody. You've got to have faith. C.C. Winans has a song. You knew someplace in here I was going to have a song, but y'all are so grateful that I don't sing it. But I will give you the words. It's called Believe For It. They say this mountain can't be moved. They say these chains will never break. But they don't know you like I do. There is power in your name. We've heard that there's no way through. We've heard the tide will never change. They haven't seen what you can do. There is power in your name. So much power in your name. Then she gets to what I call the bridge, move the immovable, break the unbreakable. God, we believe. God, we believe for it. From the impossible, we'll see a miracle. God, we believe. God, we believe for it. We know that hope is never lost, for there is still an empty grave. Ah, oh, God, we believe no matter what. There is power in your name. So much power in your name. We need to believe that there is power in God's name. You need to believe for it, that there is nothing impossible for you. Nothing that you can't handle. Nothing that God won't keep you from. Nothing. Nothing is impossible. You got to believe for it. You got to believe. 
You got to believe. Got to believe for God. You got to believe that he will do it. Do the impossible. Do the invisible. Ah. Oh. I know that there's a war in Ukraine, but believe that God can do it. I know the gas prices are high, although, praise God, they dropped a few cents. But believe for God. I know that there's inflation all around, but believe for God. I know that some of you have gotten a scary diagnosis, but believe in God. Trust God. Trust God. I know that person hasn't spoken to you for 40 years, but believe in God. We have evidence right here at PGC. We are standing on land that was not for sale. It was not for sale. It was in a trust that a man had for his children. It was not for sale. But we had enough faith to send some folks uh, to go talk to him and say, we want to build a church. And he said, it is not for sale. And we said, pray about it. Well, guess what happened? Are we not on the land at Davis Drive? You got to believe God for it. We built an expansion during a pandemic where we weren't even coming to the church. You got to believe in God. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Nothing shall be impossible for you. Nothing shall be impossible for you. You need a new job? Nothing shall be impossible for you. You need a new house? Nothing shall be impossible for you. You need somebody to care about you? Nothing shall be impossible for you. You need the kids to graduate? Nothing shall be impossible for you. I'm almost finished, but God kept giving me more. Even woke me up real early, about three. Have mercy, so I'm going to sleep this afternoon. <laughs> Which is highly unusual. <laughs> We are in the throes of March Madness. Y'all know I had to get a sports reference in here, especially basketball, because that back in the day, anyway. Okay. <laughs> there is basketball euphoria everywhere. And it's not just what makes uh, being basketball that makes it so exciting. It is the upsets that make it so exciting. Some of you did brackets. I didn't do one this year. But some of you did brackets. And I bet you had... Kentucky <laughs> going a, a ways in your bracket. Now, those of you who don't know anything about Kentucky, besides it being a southern state, Kentucky is a basketball royalty. They have won lots and lots and lots of tournaments, so it wouldn't have been bad to choose Kentucky. But no one told the young men from the Jesuit University called St. Peter's. Nobody told them about Kentucky. They just had enough faith to believe that they could slay the giant. And I'll have you know that St. Peter's is going to the Sweet 16. And Kentucky has gone home. You got to believe God for it. They believed and they defeated the giant of Kentucky. If you have the right attitude of prayer. 
If you come humbly recognizing who God is, if you make your requests known unto God, and if you just have just a mustard seed, you do know a mustard seed, that's just a little bit of seed, little bitty seed. You get it caught in your uh, dentures if you have dentures. <laughs> The man came to Jesus and knelt down before him and said, Lord, have mercy on my son. He had already brought his son to the disciples, but he didn't let that one know make him go away. He came back to Jesus. He believed for it, and Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of the boy, and he was healed at that very moment. God can intervene in your situation in the very moment. He can speak over a few fish and loaves and multiply them. He can take a barren woman and produce a son. He can dry up a blood disease from the woman with the issue of blood. I don't know what issue you have that you need to take to God, uh, but take it to him with the right attitude in prayer. Maybe it is that relationship that needs to be repaired. Maybe it is that job where your supervisor is out to get you. Maybe it's because the doctor said something real scary like leukemia or cancer. You just got to believe God for it. You got to believe. If you are ready to give your life to Jesus Christ, we invite you to pray this prayer with us. And it says, Dear Lord, I admit that I am a sinner and there is nothing that I can do to save myself. I ask for your forgiveness. And you can do this if you are streaming. At this moment, I believe you alone are the one who bore my sins when you died on the cross and rose from the dead. Today, I turn from my sinful life and invite you into my heart. I will trust you and follow you all of the days of my life thank you for saving me and hearing my prayer in jesus name i pray amen thank you for listening it is our prayer that this message will enlighten and empower you to do the will of god if you have a prayer request or praise report or like additional information on pleasant grove church or other recorded messages Come visit us in person or write to us at Pleasant Grove Church, Post Office Box 3603, Cary, North Carolina, 27519. Or call us at 919-363-5198. Or visit us on the web at www.pgc-cary.org. Thank you again.